Recorded live. Lord is worthy today.
sacrifice. Genesis 29:18. Genesis 30, capital C, love one. And it's your love for a loving God who needs to supersede your love for loved ones. Capital D, the truth or lies. Love hearing what God lies. A bunch of flattery, much foolishness. Revelation 22, 15, John 8, 37. Brings us on down. We should close today. The Lord or Satan? Bottom line. Lord of Satan, we look back at chapter 14, look at Luke chapter 13, verse 16, chapter 13, verse 16, from the National Version, our scripture reads, Jesus said to the hypocrite, Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, be set forth on the Sabbath day? What bound her? Jesus said, Should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her, capital E, in our outline, the Lord or Satan, the Lord or Satan. Let us pray. Father's name we pray. Thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you for changing before prudence and protection. Thank you for life, strength, moving, shelter, Father, you to us, through us, for us, we give you maximum glory and maximum praise. You alone are worthy, Father, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the sun in with the heavenly choir and sing holy, holy, holy. is to come far what you do and what you do. You are Father, as we have what your spirit has left us once again in your anointing, with your wisdom, with your knowledge, your praise. Grow stronger in you, Father, that you've told us in your word that if anyone will call Lord, he must turn away from sin. Help us, Father, to do just that. Hearts and our minds fixed on Jesus who is the author and the finisher. Father, we trust you are going to do these things. We're agreeing and asking in the name of God and Son. We count these things done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord or Satan. Here we are, Matthew, Luke rather, chapter 13. Lord, it hangs down pretty plain. Chapter 13, in one portion, entitled, Or Perish. Repent, or perish. Then once you get down to verse 10 and through about 17, you see something that in their right mind shouldn't have a problem with. There's, there's some things that you see that let you know that people are a little, what? 
off. One who had been for 18 years, Jesus healed her. Anybody was really connected with God and, and knew God and knew the, the plan and the purpose and the will not have had a problem at all with this. But like I said, there are some things you can see people do when it's like they are little. Jesus heals a woman on the Sabbath. Now, and the storm to verse 10 exactly who Jesus had to deal with. Says on a Sabbath, watching in the synagogue. Now we know that the Sabbath was Saturday, or the Sabbath. Though some of you go ahead and think that that Sunday is the Sabbath. No, Sunday is the first day of the week. The Sabbath, the Sabbath is Saturday. So Jesus was teaching. So some of you say, "Well, apostles, should we should we worship on the Sabbath?" Yes, you should. Well, apostles, should we worship on the first day? Apostles, should we worship on You ought to worship. If God gives you air to breathe every day, don't God give you food to eat, water to drink? Don't God put clothes on you every day? And since God is constantly doing things to us and through us, to be, so it's not a matter of the Sabbath versus Worshiping our Creator, we ought to be thanking our Creator. We ought to be praising our Creator on a day, on a regular basis. You will never wrong worshiping your Creator. It just happened to be on a Sabbath. Now Jesus would teach every day in the temple courts, but this was a particular Sabbath. Now, why? What's important? Is it important about the Sabbath? Because Jesus knew that individuals who in their religion had gotten themselves twisted. You say, Apostle, what you If you ain't careful, you can get you twisted. You say, Apostle, come on now. What, what, what do you think? Like, religion is meant to straighten you out, not twist you up. Is the Holy Ghost saying anything to anybody here? But you said, it's not true. Religion that's from something that the adversary done got involved in. Religion is supposed to straighten you out. Religion is not supposed to complicate your life. Religion from God straighten out. Well, some of you say, oh, Apostle, I don't believe religion. I ain't, I ain't into religion. Oh, well, see, then now you're going too far to the other pendulum. Because the Bible talks in the book of James. Turn quickly with me, saints, and the Lord is just flashing this in my spirit. The Bible talks of James about religion that our father accepts. Now, as there is religion that our father accepts, it's obvious that there is religion that what? He does not accept. Somebody turn to the book of James, chapter 1, verse 27, and read. First one, get there, get the prize. Is a living microphone. We have a microphone over there. Father, 
as pure as this, to look out for friends in their distress and to keep them from being polluted the world. Now, let's examine this a little bit here, children of God, since it's got us here. Religion, not our father, just that little piece right there is a religion that God accepts and there's a religion that God rejects. Now, the question is not whether or not you've got religion. The question is whether or not religion that God, what, accepts religion. The teachers of the law had religion. The Essenes, the scribes, the zealots, there were a whole lot of groups that got Just like a whole lot of you all out there listening to me, you've got religion. The question is whether or religion. The question is whether you have religion that God accepts. Not father except as pure and faultless. See, see, your religion, if it's not pure and faultless, that means it is impure and full of faults. And that was my brother, what the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, many of these other religions say, these groups, and many religions today, it's not pure and it's not false, meaning that there's something there. It's something in that. It's some impurity in there. Impurity cannot, just like you might have some food from the market that's got some bacteria. You, you can't look at it and tell but you have got some scientists. You've got some characters that, 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 that upon examination can get it. This food got the E. coli in it. They'll be able to tell some things. Well, so it is when it comes down to, to, to religion that is not pure and faultless. Our, the Holy Spirit will be able to tell. We might not be able to put exactly on what book, chapter, and verse that that is off in, but the Spirit of God will be like, oh, no. If it's impure, because the watch this now, put this down in your notes, the Holy Spirit in demands pure and faultless religion. The Holy Spirit that is in us demands pure words from God. The Holy Spirit that is, see if you ain't got the Holy Spirit then somebody can give you some impure fault-filled religion and you'll be jumping around hollering just like it's the right thing. You better get the Holy Ghost and then when you have him you know, your, the essence of your being demand and faultless religion. Well, what do we got to do? We got orphans. We got to look at you know, those are representative. Now, orphan, you can be an orphan in the natural spiritual. Some of you all under the sound of my voice are spiritual orphans. Uh-oh. God said, yeah, God said, that's right, Robert. This spiritual, some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, read, I looked at the downloads today, and, man, we so deep in the thousands, it ain't even funny. And I know why some of you are doing Some of you have gone to some of these churches where there's been a fault field in uh, 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 teachings and preachers are going on, and you finding it difficult to find where the truth of God is being is just being put out there. That's a spiritual orphan. That's your, your spiritual orphan. It mean that God the Father is not your father. It means that some of you all are finding it difficult to some are finding it difficult to find a, an overseer, a father that will tell you this thing like God said need to be told. Because you don't, you're discerned somewhat tricky stuff. Your spirit has discerned. Oh, I'd be in a whole lot of places, whole lot of places where discern is some tricky stuff. The gospel must be presented in a pure form. It must. 
Can't be in a hurry of motives. Motives must save souls, save and save souls for God. Start coming in with money making schemes. See, all that stuff makes it impure. All that kind of stuff makes it fault filled. God said, I don't accept that kind of religion. Some of you are going to be shocked to find out that your little denomination. See, that's why denominations are so dangerous. But yet, the adversary has, has got some of you all in that stuff, lock, stock, and barrel. I've been in it too. I can talk. They're not, listen, denominations are dangerous. Most denominations that I have ever been a part of, they got what is known as a what? A discipline. In other words, this is a little book besides the Bible that this particular group goes by. Listen, children of God, we don't need no book beside the Bible. We don't need no book beside the Bible. The Bible has got everything we need in it from Genesis to Revelation to take us from earth to glory. We don't need no little side book. God didn't write no little side books. Some of you all are hooked up in denominations. and Check the discipline. And you're going to find in the discipline, it's either because the discipline is not the Bible, it's either going to be some stuff added in or it's going to be some stuff left out. I'm trying to tell you something now. Some of y'all out there, I know, I know, I know who you Who is this Apostle Brian coming off like this? I'm telling you who he is. He, he ain't perfect. Get that. God said that's number one you need to understand. And I got to deal with him. God said I got to deal with him, work with him every day. But he's a man that hears from me, and he's telling you the truth. That's, that's, that's all that's good for me. I'm good. You check your discipline. So it ain't the Bible. So it can't have everything in it that God doesn't say. And then if you go in there and find one little thing that God didn't say, see, now you don't add it to it. And now we're in trouble. Now this religion is, uh, is no longer pure. It's no longer faultless. And God said, I don't accept that. You can't change one jot or tittle of God's word and think you're going to be all right. Jot or tittle were two of the smallest little marks in, in, in the Hebrew language. Jot or tittle, small little marks. We've got to be careful with this thing called God's word. Look after orphans and widows. Well, you can be a widow physically. All right, you don't have any children or nephews to take care of you. Or you can be a widow spiritually. Nobody looking, looking after you. What, what widows, widows in, in, in Scripture with those women, you know, their husbands had died and different things, and they would have children or, or nephews if they were of certain age that would come in and look after them. Well, a spiritual widow, you know, you, you're, you, you, you are missing a headship. You are missing a headship. And you don't really have those under you to, tell, to take care of you like they should. Well, God said we got to look after them. Physic, not only physically, physically and spiritually. Watch this. Because what being an orphan and what being a widow does is it puts you in distress. That's why the Bible says to look after orphans and widows in distress. Anytime we don't have what we need, there's, 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 there's distress. We start feeling distress. You know, we start, you know, you mess around and don't have no food, don't know where to get none. A little distressed. 
Mess around and got a bill that need that's got to be paid, and you don't have the money. A little distress. Orphan, you don't have uh, parents, whether physically or spiritually, to, to look after you like shit. A little distress. Widows, you don't have a a, a, a husband, husband man, or those or children or nephews to take care. A little distress. So we got to look after orphans and widows and their distress and keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. Well, see, that's what happens to religion that is not pure and faultless. It's been polluted, what? By and that's what happened with the Pharisees. That's what happened with your Sadducees. That's what happened with your teachers. They had got themselves polluted. And that's what's going on with a lot of churches, a lot of professing men and women of God today trying to, trying to fit in with the world. Let me tell you something. I ain't trying to fit in with the world. Uh-uh, you got it all wrong. I ain't trying to fit in with the world. I'm bringing a sword to the world. See, I understand that the world, under the influence of Satan, that's an enemy. Now, you go to war and you're trying to fit in with your enemies, you mess around and get yourself killed. Jesus said, think not that I've come to, come to the earth to bring peace. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Why? I'm coming to bring a sword. I'm coming to get to hit. What Jesus said I'm doing is I'm coming to hit you, God said. See, the world has been like, world been like slowly but surely moving further and further from God, further and further from God. It's about like being on the beach and the tide holding down and you just standing in one spot. You might be, but the ground under you is moving. You might think, call yourself standing still. I'm just holding firm. I ain't got... No, uh-uh. the world is moving. And the world is moving away from God. So if you're just standing on, firm on the world, then what's happening is you are being moved further and further away from God. So when the truth come in, it sounds like something strange. And see, that's, that's what's starting to happen in this country. This is one of the reasons why I applaud many of our, our African leaders in many African countries. United States trying to force homosexual marriage and same-sex marriage down the throats of many of them brothers and threaten them with money and different things. And a lot of them is a lot of them. Now, now we'll see how they do, you know, and, and time come. But a lot of them is like, look, United States, you keep your money. You keep your aid. That right there, what you're talking about is crazy. See, what a lot of us don't like to, to admit it. You know, especially as Americans, because we feel like, you know, we something real, real special. But the reality is we be doing a lot of bullying different parts of the world. And see, if you ain't never been to a lot of different parts of the world, you don't you ain't gonna you ain't gonna hardly know that. We be doing a lot of bullying. You don't get to be a superpower without kicking a lot of hind part and taking a lot of names. Now come on now, who we think we are? You don't get to be all by being a nice guy. Do you think Hitler rose to the position he was in the world by being a nice guy? Okay, everybody, let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya. We got to be a super. They, listen, God said they, they didn't even get this country by being a nice guy. Europeans that came over here, they didn't get this country by being a nice guy. They came over here, they kicked hind part, and they take names. They take names. That's been the American way since this country's been established. Don't believe it? That's the Native American Indian. Kick high and take names. Over in Africa, you didn't get most of the continent of Africa colonized by Europeans because they was over there being nice guys. Go to Africa and talk to some folk. Study and read some of their history books. High and name taken. That's what we do, my brother. That's what we do in this country. Now, we want to present a face like we're a nice guy. I remember my father used to talk about it. He had a friend of his. He used to play basketball. We used to play on Sunday morning. 
you know, and uh, it will be real rough out there and different things. Grown men, they were former athletes, and they will be battling different things. But he had one friend of his named Bobby, and uh, I like Bobby. You know, he was dark-skinned, good-looking man, you know, and he was just as rough and physical as anybody else. But then he would he would all, he he would kind of go into like a nice guy type of thing. Now he didn't just knock the fool out of you, hit you upside the head. But then he go into a nice guy thing. And my father saying was like, Bobby, that nice guy, I ain't gonna sleep with it. That nice guy mess ain't gonna work out here. But what he would do, he would hit you. But then you know he would come back with such a nice guy, such a pleasant look on his face. You you almost feel like you're good. And my father was like, I ain't going for that nice guy mess. Because what's behind? It's almost like having a, a hammer wrapped up in what? Velvet. You hit me upside the head with a hammer wrapped up in velvet, what you have done is hit me upside the head with a hammer. Now, slap me and they got a big smile on his face. Oh, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. There. You have slapped me. I ain't forgot that. <laughs> Come on, thing. So you're saying, Apostle, what you're trying to do? It takes the Spirit of God to see what's really going on in religion, in politics, in relationships, in the church. In religion, it takes the spirit of God. See, see, I, I can't overemphasize out there, my brother and my sister, the importance of the Spirit of God. Because if you don't have the Spirit of God, you won't see religion when it is not pure and when it is not faultless. You won't see it. Because it will look like on the outside. Jesus told the Pharisees and them, he said, you appear unto men as righteous, but you are like unmarked graves, which look beautiful on the outside, but are filled with what? Dead men's bones. Jesus said, look, I'm seeing through you. The Holy Spirit will, and that's why we might as well come on clean with the Holy Spirit, because he see right through us. God said, Robert, I see every sin you got. God said, Robert, I see every lust you got. Don't, God said, don't play with me. God said, I see, God said, I see every lie you've ever told. I see every mistake you've ever, God said, I see it. So we might as well come with, all right, then, Lord, if, you know, if, 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 if you seeing right through me, it really ain't even no need of me wearing clothes. And you got to hear that with spiritual ears. I ain't talking about uh, bouncing through the church naked. In other words, I ain't no need of trying to put nothing on to cover myself from you, Lord, because you see everything. Hear that with spiritual ears. The, the Bible talks about the word of God is living and active, sharper than any, any uh Double-edged sword, it penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It jots in the intentions of the heart. Nothing in Asian is hidden from the eyesight of God. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him. To whom? Not before the eyes of your neighbor, but before the eyes of him, to whom, which is God, to whom we must give an account. Come on, saints. We've got to finish this up. So... Now that we have a little more understanding, here we are on this Sabbath again. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman who there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years, crippled by a spirit. Now understand this, any spirit that you are giving way to, you are crippled by it. The demonic spirits we're talking about, we're not, you know. Demonic spirits 
always crippled people. Now, she was crippled physically. But a spirit of greed is crippling you out there financially. A spirit of lust is crippling you. Any demonic spirit that we let in and start letting it operate, they cripple us. And what does, what does it mean to be crippled? We, we, we went the other day and met with a lady at one particular office. Pretty girl. Very pretty girl. But she had to walk with a walker because something was amiss with her leg. It was a, it was a, cripple means that, that, that you're not able to move and walk like you're supposed to. Either not at all or, or, or not like you're supposed to. So we use apostle, what he drives that demonic spirits cripple us. They keep us from moving and walking with God like we're supposed to. God want to bless you real, real good out there, but that because of that spirit of greed that you got, God got to hold back some things because you're holding back some things from him. God want to bless you out there with a wife, but because of that spirit of lust out there, God got to hold back the woman that he got that he wants you to marry because you still ain't old God to deal with. Crippled. This woman was crippled physically by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. Demonic spirits want to keep us from straightening up. Demonic spirits want to keep us from straightening up our marriages, straightening up our churches, straightening up our country. Demonic spirits in the United States want to keep the United States from straightening up, from straightening up our, our, our young people, from straightening up our, our, our debt, our, our national debt, $19 trillion in debt. Somebody said, I, I was looking at one program, they said that's $16,000 for every man, woman, boy, or girl in the United States. Demonic spirits want to keep you from straightening up. Keep you in a position that God don't want you in. This woman was bent over. I'm trying to tell some of you all on the sound of my voice. Some of you can't see it. Some of you can't. The nation, of, you, this generation we're living in is bent over. United States has done got bent over. God is looking down at this once great country, and he sees us bent over. Can't straighten up. Can't straighten up. At least not by our own power. I don't care whether you elect Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton. I don't care Donald Trump or your, or your mama. I don't care. Can't, can't straighten up without Jesus. And just like this woman, she couldn't what? Couldn't straighten up without the Lord. Bible says when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. You said, Boss Brian, what are you trying to get us today? Understand that this country, this nation, your church, your marriage, it's not going to be set free. It's not going to be without the word of God. I don't care what you're talking about. I don't care how many pamphlets and how many programs. It takes the word of God. Jesus said, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her. And he, you say, Apostle, what you're trying to get us to understand, I hear that the United States needs God's hand. Need God's hand on this country. Put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Now, understand this, that when God has done a great thing for you, God done straightened up your finances, you've been out there broke, God done not blessed you with a job. You've been out there at the lowest level, and God done got you as it gave you promotion. Any time put his hands on you, any time God done blessed you, 
the, 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 the proper response is what? Praise God. The Lord Bible says, then immediately put her hands, she straightened up and praised God. See, if you ain't praising God out there for the good things that God has done, you ain't straight yet. You just as bent over, you just as crooked, you just as uh, crippled. If you ain't praising God yet, you ain't got you ain't got it in that skull of yours yet that it's time to praise God. You need to thank God. You need then you still bent over. You still crippled. Bible says indignant because Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath. Now look at this. I told you there's some things that that'll let you know when folk is just off. Indignant because Jesus healed her on the Sabbath. That lets. See, that, there's certain things that come out of people's mouth. I had to spend a lot of time uh, yesterday after church service. One of the saints that follows the broadcast from Nigeria, she contacted me and was asking some questions about tithing. I ended up having to preach another sermon. Ended up talking to her right on the phone from right behind the pulpit. Had to take her through the first year tithe, the sacred meal tithe, the three-year tithe. She was like, Apostle, people in your church, they, they don't pay tithes? I said, uh... I said, first of all, I'm going to ask you like I have asked about 40 or 50 bishop friends. I said, can you show me in the scripture anywhere where God ever in, in, in instructed anybody to pay tithes on money? Can you, can you show me anywhere? And I knew where she wanted to go, which is where a lot of you all that are hearing this would want to go. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi wasn't talking about paying any money. Malachi was talking about what? Food items. The law of tithing was commanded on food items, not money. Nowhere in Scripture. Now, do you say, Apostle, what you're saying? I'm saying exactly what I'm saying. I ain't blinking and I ain't backing up. And you can't find it in Scripture where God ever commanded anybody to pay a tithe on money. Now, you're saying, Apostle, should we not tithe? Because some of you all, I believe some of you all understand my voice, you, you tithe. That's all right. That's all right. The Bible says on the first, first Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1, talking about money, because tithing won't about money, no time, but first Corinthians 16 and 1, on the first day of every week, each of you should set aside what? A sum of money. Tithing was food items, and it was primarily for the Levites, the priestly tribe, who when all the other 11 tribes went into the promised land, this Levite, they didn't have it, they didn't get any allotment or inheritance of their own, so their inheritance was to be a tenth of what the flocks, herds, and fields produced of the other 11 tribes, not a tenth of what the other 11 tribes' money that they made, as has been so erroneously taught in so many places that it almost makes me sick. What are we talking about? What's that topic here? No, we ain't dealing with truth or lies. That was yesterday, but we still, still God still got us on. So, indignant because Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath. Now, rather than praising God, now see, this is, this is one of the things that will let you know that you're off. In case you're wondering, I don't understand my voice. I wonder, but this Apostle Brian preaching some of this stuff. I wonder if I'm off. I'm going to give you a clue. I'm going to give you some clues to help you, help you examine yourself to see if you're off. Help you see if you're off. Bible says that the woman, when she received this blessing from God, or she received this miracle, this healing, she straightened up and praised God. The uh, the synagogue ruler and whatever hypocrites or whatever was indignant because Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath. All right, well, here's the, here's the question. When great moves of God are manifested in your presence, 
are you praising God or are you indignant for some other reason? Your brother get blessed with a new car. You still driving your hoopty that you've been driving for the last 25 years, and you know you need some tires right now. Are you rejoicing for your brother or are you indignant and filled with jealousy because he got the blessing and you didn't? Mm. One of the things say that there's death. Bible tells us, right? Come on, somebody. With them that rejoice, your brother win the hundred million dollar jackpot giveaway. Are you rejoicing that your brother has won the jackpot, or are you indignant because your light bill is late right now? As the saint said, there's the, there's the test. See? Test. Great moves or when God something great for somebody. Listen, I wouldn't get if it's our enemy, we ought to be able to rejoice. Bible just say rejoice with rejoice. Don't say rejoice with your brothers. Don't say rejoice with your friends. Don't say rejoice when them rejoice with them that rejoice. I'm happy for you, man. Or are you indignant? Or has your your twisted religion got you indignant because somebody else is blessed? Because somebody else received their healing? Because somebody else received their healing? Hey, man, I'm just ha- I'm just happy that that good things is coming your way. Good, good. Bible said the synagogue ruler said to the people, there are six days for work. So come and be healed on those days and not the Sabbath. Listen at yourself. Listen at yourself. You think that the Lord's that that, that the Lord's work that 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 it's wrong to do the Lord's work on the Lord's day? Is that what you think? One of the things is saying because it ain't happening to them. Now you 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 try being bound by the devil for eighteen. Well, the reality was he had been bound. He just ain't got his because he was crippled in the spirit. He just ain't received his healing. But you try being bound by the devil can't even stand up straight for eighteen years. That that's what the Bible say. This woman had been bound for eighteen years, and then here come the Lord and straighten you up and fix that. Bible said, all right. Then the Lord answered him, you hypocrite. Don't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham,
Testing. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to have to finish this sermon. Uh, I hope that we're still broadcasting. Uh, while while sitting down, as um, the headset that we are using uh, has gone dead, but we're going we're going to have to teach this like Jesus would teach from a sitting position. So, what do we understand? Where were we at? Um, well, we were talking about looking looking at yourself and what listening to yourself and look at yourself. You know, those are two important things that that we as children of God need to do because sometimes we don't realize how crazy we're looking and sometimes we don't realize how crazy we are sounding. So let's look at and Jesus said, look, doesn't eat, you hypocrite, doesn't eat, Jesus said, look, I know you've been untying your old donkey and your ox. That's work on the Sabbath. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? What is Jesus letting us know? That the Lord's work is good to do the Lord's work anytime. It's good to do the Lord's work anytime. There's never a wrong time to do what God says. When he had said this, all his opponents were humiliated. But the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Capital E, the Lord or Satan. Keep in mind that no matter what the Satan is offering you, number one, it's a lie, and number two, it will end in bondage. No matter what Satan is offering, it's a lie. You know. Now, you know, and this, this it kind of throws a new light on Jesus' being tested or tempted in the wilderness. When Satan took him up on the pinnacle of the temple and offered him in an instant, what? All the kingdoms of the earth and all their splendor. Say, now, if you bow down and worship me, all this will be yours. That was a lie. It's already his. You can't give me what's already mine. You don't have ownership of it. Satan does not have ownership of anything. Whatever he's working with is stolen. That means it belongs. When something is stolen, it don't belong to you. You got it, but it belongs to somebody else. You out there under the sound of my voice, you're not saved, you're not born again. What Satan may have may, may be in all in your mind, all in your thoughts, all in it, but he's not the owner of you. God owns you. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You in the world. You belong, you belong to God now. No matter how the devil may be using you, no matter how the devil may be tricking you, no matter what lies the devil done to you belong to God. You need to understand that now. It's important. And since you belong to God, you're supposed to be used by God. 
You're not supposed to be used by Satan, and neither am I, because we don't belong to Satan. I don't care if you're the hardest core unsaved. You don't belong to Satan. You might be being used by him, but you belong to what? God. Father, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you. We praise you. We appreciate you, Father, for the privilege to study your word. We pray, Father, that you watch over your people as we part from this house of worship. And uh, may your word, which you have spoken, to us, through us, and for us, not just go in the proverbial one ear and out the other, but let your truth, your revelation stick with us, Father, and be with us. May we meditate on your word both day and night that we may be blessed. We thank you, Father, for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak to us, through us, and for us that at the end of the day, your name, which is above all other names, will be glorified, honored, and praised. This is our prayer. We count done in Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Amen and amen. Since you can reach us through email at thechristensourchurch at gmail.com, check out our website, www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc feel free to join us on talk shoes precast youtube and itunes and our name 6 p.m daily on talk shoe call 724-444-7444 enter id 17959 as precast type in robert bryan on youtube and the christian Center church channel you can see excerpts of apostle robert bryan on youtube donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk shoe homepage. God bless you and heaven's you in Jesus' name. Amen.